0: Welcome to the export. I'm Raven X and along with me as always is Biggie, a.k.a. Ethan Saint, a.k.a. somebody who I don't know if you watch Fastlane or if you plan on watching Fastlane, but what have you heard so far? What do you think if you did watch it, all that good stuff?
1: I didn't watch it. I still plan on watching it. Uh, I heard the Self and Shinsuke match was pretty good, which I wasn't surprised by. Um, I really hadn't heard much else.
0: Yeah, it was, I won't spoil anything for you. Um, it was cool though. Like I told you, I went to it live and it was probably one of the faster pay-per-views that they've had in a long time. Like I, I know it was less than three hours. It was a great time, but it was, it was, it was a pretty good card overall. Um, for those of you listening, if you guys stay tuned, me and Embryo, we give our recap of it again i'm not gonna spoil nothing for you so you can watch it and enjoy but uh we got a cool show for you guys obviously we are going to look at some of the recent nfl trades some pretty interesting names have been moved and i'm sure there are more to come we're going to take a look at the troubles in new england and try to figure out who is to blame and we're going to break down the nba's western conference last week we broke down the eastern conference if you missed that Go ahead and get at a look. But without further ado, let's go ahead and plug this show. Be sure to check out TheExport.net. I repeat TheExport.net for exclusive sports content written by yours truly and fellow export writers. Previous episodes were our lovely podcast and our YouTube channel entitled The X Report. So for this week's college football player spotlight, It is going to be on Florida State defensive end Jared Verse. He was one of the top edge rushers in the country last year and could have been a first-round pick had he declared, but he decided to go back to Florida State where he's having a pretty solid season, already has two-and-a-half sacks. Another guy projected to be a first-round pick. You can never have too many edge rushers, so what team do you think should try to target him come April?
1: (laughs) Um. the team that currently, in my opinion, probably made the worst top 10 draft choice, which is the Las Vegas Raiders.
0: Yeah. I, I don't know if I'd say it's the worst yet, just out of fairness, but Tyree Wilson has done absolutely nothing. I don't understand why. Well, especially considering the stuff going on with Chandler Jones, like you would think this is the prime opportunity for him to get out there and get on the field, but... That has not been the case. And I'm not I'm not too old to remember that there was a whole bunch of discussions about him being better than Will Anderson and being taken over Will Anderson. So for all you people who are in that opinion, go ahead and compare the stats and then get back to me. Uh, but, yeah, Raiders will make sense. I'm going to go to Baltimore Ravens. I don't know if – well, I'm hoping they're not going to be picking early enough to take him, but <clears> – <throat> Just looking at the recent years of edge rushers, or at least draft picks, it has not exactly worked out. Odafe always showed flashes as a rookie, but health has kept him off the field. Same for with D- David Ojabo. And I think it's about time this could kind of start fresh, especially since Ojab, I mean, oway is going to be a free agent in a couple of years, Oway. Um, I can't even talk. Ojabo, we don't really know what he is yet. I think getting a guy like Jared Verse, who does have that production, which neither of those guys had consistently coming out, I think that that could be a big help. But all right, let's go ahead and take a look back at week five around the NFL. Starting with Thursday Night Football, Chicago Bears get their first win of the season in convincing fashion, beating the Commanders 40 to 20. The Pittsburgh Steelers take advantage of some terrible offensive play by the Baltimore Ravens, beating them 17-10. Lions uh, blow out the Panthers 42-24. Denver Broncos lose the Nathaniel Hackett Bowl. Jets come out on top 31-21. Jags beat Bills in London 25-20. Miami Dolphins get back on track with the 31-16 win over the Dolphins. I mean, the Giants. Us. New Orleans Saints blow out the New England Patriots 34-0. Falcons edge out the Texans 21-19. Colts get their third win of the season, beating the Titans 23-16. Bengals get back on track, supposedly, with the big win over the Cardinals 34-20. Uh... Philadelphia Eagles beat the Rams 23-14. Chiefs won a close one against the Minnesota Vikings 27-20. And 49ers embarrassed the Cowboys Sunday night football 42-10. And then Raiders won a very tight game against the Packers Monday night football 17-13. I went 8-6. Ethan, you went 7-7. But probably the biggest losers are some of the players on this list in their teams because there's a lot of pivotal injuries starting out in the desert cardinals lose starting running back james connor uh with the knee injury he's been placed on ir but is expected to miss the remainder of the season jets lose starting guard elijah vera tucker for the year with the torn achilles patriots lose two promising defensive players rookie cornerback christian gonzalez with the torn labrum and edge rusher Matt Judon is going to miss at least the next two months with the bicep injury. Bills lose two defensive starters, uh, linebacker Matt Milano with the leg injury, and defensive tackle Daquan Jones with the peck injury. Both are headed to IR and expected to be done for the year. Uh, Dolphins lose promising rookie running back Devon A-Chain with A. Chain with the knee injury. He is also on IR. Colts place rookie quarterback Anthony Richardson on IR with a shoulder injury. He's going to be out. At least the next four weeks, possibly longer, according to Adam Schefter. And last, but certainly not least, the Minnesota Vikings are placing star wide receiver Justin Jefferson on IR following a hamstring injury. We could talk at length about quite a few of these injuries, but let's just focus on Jay Jettis and the Vikings. They're a team right now that's 1-4. In their next four games, they got Bears, 49ers, Packers, and Falcons. Without Justin Jefferson in tow, what do you think their record is going to be by the time he's eligible to come back?
1: They're 1-4, and, and, and he's out for the next four games. You said Bears, Vikings.
0: They got Bears, Niners, Packers, Falcons.
1: I can see them out of the next four. Realistically, it might be see them winning one, one to at best of those games.
0: Really, I think I think they still have enough firepower to beat the Bears, Niners. They're not gonna win that game. Packers is weird because I while I think that the Packers defense can do a solid job against them I don't trust the Packers offense to put up points against them like that especially if Jordan Lovsky's playing the way that he's been playing and then Falcons that's another one like if they can do their defense can find a way to slow down the run I think their offense can overpower them so best case scenario I could see three and one worst case scenario I could see two and two but there's a, been a lot of trade speculations about Kirk Cousins, even before the season began. But obviously, with the slow start, it hurts him more. So, do you think that with J.J. is out, that the Vikings should just go ahead and trade Kirk Cousins and consider this season to be a wash? Or do you think they should thug it out with him?
1: I think they should trade him. Because, I mean, he's on. A, if I'm not mistaken, he's on the last year of his contract. And it's like, I know many you, aren't as high on these QB draft classes as a lot of other people are, but you still have some intriguing starting level talents coming up this draft like obviously Taylor Caleb Williams, Drake May. Um, you have a couple other guys from different schools that could potentially be a starter. Why not? And then when you think about it from the context of Jay Jealous, like Jay young. so who's to say you look up You tank this season for one season. You look up and say you get a guy like Caleb Williams or Drake May and they actually turn out to be a good starting quarterback. You have your your quarterback-wide receiver combo for the foreseeable future. And you could potentially get some decent draft capital for Curry Cousins, especially if you're sending him to a team like there's, there's quarterback needy in the sense of like they could potentially be at least a playoff contender. They just need a, a decent level quarterback like the Jets. You might be able to get some some decent draft capital back, so I would do it.
0: It's tough because, like y'all know, I picked the Vikings to win the season. I mean, win the NFC North. And I think that this these next four games, I think that they can turn it around and at least be above um, what's it called above 500 but I think that if they're unable to because the trade deadline is in what three weeks I'll say this if they have not won at least two games three weeks from now I think you should pull the trigger and do it Um, uh, like you said there's teams that feel like they are a quarterback away and Kirk Cousins if you look at his numbers he has not been bad he's not necessarily the issue in Minnesota and so you either run the risk of keeping him all year and then losing him for nothing. Maybe you try to franchise tag him, or maybe you pay him way more money than you'd be paying a rookie with less long-term security. So, I like I said, just let's see how the Bears, Niners, and Packers games go. And then if it's not looking good after that, then, yeah, I say cut the weight, move on. But, all right, let's go ahead and talk our top five takeaways of the week.
1: Being completely honest, I didn't get a chance to watch a liquor of football, so I'm going to leave the top five takeaways only to you this week.
0: Respect. Okay. Um. Top five. I'll be quick. Uh. The Bills' amount of injuries on defense could cost them down the stretch. They already lost star cornerback Tre'Davious White with a torn ACL. He's done for the year. Matt Milano, we already know their best linebacker. He's done for the year. DaQuan Jones is another valuable piece on that D line. He's done. I just think that unless they can get the backup guys to really kind of step up, which they didn't necessarily do this past week, or at least not at corner, I think that's going to hurt them. Uh, Number four, the first five games of of the Jordan Love experience have yielded less than impressive results. I mean, he had three touchdowns against the Bears defense, which we know is bad. Three touchdowns against the Falcons defense, which we know their secondary leaves much to be desired. But since then, it has been rough, and luckily the Packers are in a position to where if they want to move on, they can, but it seems like he's holding them back, and obviously not having Aaron Jones out there does not help, but hopefully they can reevaluate things after this week's bye because right now it's ugly. Uh, number three, we saw just how great the DJ Moore and Justin Fields duo can be, but I don't think it's going to last. No disrespect to DJ Moore. DJ Moore is a great receiver. It's nice to see him finally get to thrive, But not every secondary is going to be the commanders. The commanders, based off what you saw this past Thursday, defenses are going to do everything they can to make sure that's not happening again. And so not to say that DJ Moore isn't going to have any more good games, but I will just not expect this to start a trend for him. Uh, Number two, uh, while no team is perfect, the 49ers look the closest to it this season. They're undefeated. All their wins have been in convincing fashion. The Dallas Cowboys, who I think everybody kind of figured, unless you're a Cowboys fan, that they were going to lose. But to lose by 32 is rough. And so I just think right now the 49ers look by far the most dangerous team in the league. And then number one, I am in no way a Daniel Jones advocate, but the Giants' offensive line is preventing him from showing his potential. Last year he wasn't spectacular but he had enough time in the pocket to make things happen. This past Sunday he did do that on the 14 um he completed 14 of his 20 passing attempts. That's good enough for 70%, but he was also sacked six times. It's very hard to continue to move the ball downfield when your offensive line isn't protecting you when you're always losing yardage on those sacks and those tackles for loss. So the Giants' offensive line has to do better because, again, I am not a Daniel Jones truther, but they are doing that man no favors. But, all right, uh, do you know enough to do most impressive players or no?
1: Yeah, I know enough about
0: that. All right, bet. Uh, you can start us off with most impressive offensive player.
1: Come on, you should know the answer to this. It's your guy coming out of Cincinnati. Yes. Jamar Chase.
0: Yeah, yeah. A hundred percent, yeah. Uh, We are in agreement. 15 catches, 192 yards, three touchdowns. He said he was always open, and he proved it. All right, what about defensive player?
1: Defense, I'm going to go with Fred Warner.
0: We are in agreement again. Eight tackles, a sack, a pick, forced fumble. Everybody in their mama knows how much I love Roquan Smith, but it's performances (laughs) like this, which reminds everybody that Fred Warner is the best off-ball linebacker in the league. All right, who's the most disappointing player for you?
1: Disappointing. Um, I'm going. I'm gonna go. Honestly, I'm gonna go with the whole Cowboys offense.
0: That's fair. I'm gonna go the the Ravens receiving core. They had eight drops on Sunday, including three that would have been touchdowns. Had we scored a second touchdown, that game would have been over because the defense did everything right. I don't even necessarily fault them for the touchdown, the George Pickens touchdown in the last, like, minute or so of the game because they had done everything right up to that point. So ball all those drops were infuriating. So by far the most disappointing group of players for me. All right, who's your rookie of the week? Because I feel like we might have the same answer again.
1: Zayla Carter.
0: Yep, we're in agreement. That's three out of four. He had four tackles, two sacks, two tackles for loss, two quarterback hits. That's a bad man right there. But all right, let's go ahead and look at the league ahead of our week six predictions, starting off with a retirement veteran linebacker, Jamie Collins, former Patriot Brown Lion announced that he is retiring after 12 seasons. He's a two time Super Bowl champion and a pro bowler. So happy trails to him. Um, and then moving on to some trades because there were quite a few. Disgruntled wide receiver Chase Claypool has been traded to the Miami Dolphins in exchange for a 2025 six round pick, pending a physical. Um, after it was initially reported that Randy Gregory was being released by the Denver Broncos, instead, they are trading him to the San Francisco 49ers to, for a 2024 six round pick. Um, the Atlanta Falcons and Los Angeles Rams made a move, uh, sending Rams wide receiver Van Jefferson to the Falcons for a 2025 pick swap of a 6th and 7th round pick. Congratulations to him because he now instantly becomes their second best wide receiver, and I hope he eats there. But And then last but not least, we have a surprise extension. After months of turmoil and drama the indianapolis colts and running back jonathan taylor agreed to terms on a three-year 42 million dollar deal with 26 and a mil guarantee making him one of the league's highest paid running backs and he also becomes the first running back to sign a long-term deal worth 10 million or more a season since nick chubb did in 2021 do you feel like this deal with Jonathan Taylor is a win for running backs? That hey, maybe we are gonna see them start getting paid more, or do you think this is just a one-off?
1: I think it's I think it's a um I think it's a good move. Um, I think necessary to say I don't know if it'll be a one-off. I think it might more so depend on the situation. Like to give you an example, like Eric Henry, this his contract is up after this season. I don't necessarily think Derrick is gonna get a huge payday with multiple years following um the end of his contract because Derrick Henry is older than Jonathan Taylor. He also has significantly more carries than Jonathan Taylor. And yes, he's still being productive, but just the whole like tread on tires plus age, I don't think it'll he'll get a bigger, a big deal like Jonathan Taylor did, but I do think in certain instances you might begin to see it more like let's say if Saquon can get healthy and he can produce and maybe he can show that he can stay healthy, you might look up and you might see he gets a bigger deal if Josh Jacobs can kind of um, pro- like finish the season out strong he might be able to get a deal but I don't think it'll be just like every running back. I think it'll
0: be a case-by-case scenario. I think so, too. Um, Because, like, for example, Josh Jacobs, based off how he's played this year, he's not going to get a bag. He's going to get solid money, but nowhere near as much money as he was going to get after last season when he led the league in rushing. Obviously, that can change if he turns things around, but I don't buy it. Um Honestly, even if Saquon was playing with the Giants, I don't think that they would be winning If anything, I'm kind of worried it might hurt his production just because the offensive line has been so bad. So I hope that Saquon gets paid, or at least even if it's not by the Giants, by somebody. But then you can make that argument of, well, you did get hurt again and go from there. So, yeah, I'm agreeing with you. I think it is going to be a case-by-case basis. But at least in his case, I'm happy he got his money. I'm surprised that they did it when they did just because it seemed like they were so dead set on not paying him until the end of the season, but at least it takes away one of the bigger distractions and they can move on to just playing ball. So I'm happy that it worked out for both sides. All right. One more thing before we play our game, I believe more buffoonery. We got to talk the new England Patriots, once known as the evil empire ran the league for pretty much a decade in the two thousands. And now, They have been looking very pedestrian. Week four were beaten 38 to 3 by the Dallas Cowboys and followed that performance up with the 34 to nothing shutout loss to the New Orleans Saints. So it begs the question: who is to blame? Some people believe it's Mac Jones and that he's not exactly the guy. Others, for example, like Shannon Sharp, called out Bill Belichick and said, I think I owe Brady an apology because I don't think I gave him enough credit. Brady is the largest eraser in pro sports because every mistake that Coach Belichick made, he could erase it. And then there are others, such as an anonymous NFC coach who has said this about the Patriots roster. They look extremely low on talent, to be honest. They have a pretty vanilla plan, from what I can tell. An average at best quarterback only exasperates those issues. So, Ethan, in your opinion, obviously it's never just one thing that goes wrong. But if you had to pick of these three options, which one do you think is the most to blame for the state of the Patriots? Matt Jones, Bill Belichick, or the front office?
1: Being completely honest, I'm going to say front office because I think Matt Jones hasn't had the necessary weapons around him to be successful. Like, it was a, I forget, I saw something on Twitter a couple of days ago where they said, like, out of all the wide receivers in the NFL, the Patriots then have the slowest wide receiver court out of the whole NFL. And like, no, they aren't able to get separation. So if you have guys that are slow and not able to get separation, you're not really setting your quarterback up for success. I think from the Bill Belichick standpoint, Bill Belichick is a defensive guy. And when you look at the Patriots defenses year after year, they even post Brady they've been good so I get from the stance where you can say like he's not as great of a coach as he was but the reality of it is the thing that he specializes in, specializes in he's been good at post Tom Brady the difference has been he hasn't had a good offense he doesn't have the um, personnel to have a good offense with Tom Brady he had um and one one year you had Randy Moss that set the record for the most CDs at one point. You have a Aaron Hernandez and Rob Gronkowski. You have Julian Edelman, then Danny Amendola, and then um,
0: Wes Welker. Wim- yeah, weapons on offense. The reality of
1: it is these Patri- these past couple years of Patriots football, they haven't had offensive of weapons, so they haven't been able to produce points. And in today's NFL. No matter how good your defense is, if your offense can't produce points, it's, you're going to lose football games.
0: Yeah, I'm in total agreement with you because I get it. Recency bias would suggest that Bill Belichick isn't that great of a coach. Yes, he is. Mac Jones, his rookie year was fine because I remember there was a time when the conversation for rookie of the year that year was Jamar Chase and Mac Jones. Obviously, Mac Jones shouldn't have won it and he didn't. But he played fine enough to get them to the playoffs. But like you said, they just have no offensive firepower. And it sucks because you have to have that. And I'll also give them credit. They have tried to get that. They've tried to go after the d They've tried to talk to and coerce you know, other quality offensive players to come. But you can't force anybody to come to your team if you don't want to. Now, if you want to make a trade for somebody, that's one thing. But in free agency, they just do not have the pull to get somebody. And they were expecting Juju uh, Smith-Schuster to be that guy, but he's not. He wasn't in Kansas City, but, hey, they still wanted to bring him in. And so I, I would agree with you. I think it is more so on the front office because, like you said, if you can't put up points, you can't beat anybody, especially in the division that they're in, especially with how loaded the AFC is with offensive weapons and great quarterbacks nah you are playing a losing game if you are not at least trying to add to it because if your best additions are what ezekiel elliott and um juju smith schuster that's not gonna fly and we're seeing that now so i agree i think it is the front office but all right let's play our quick game of the believable or before we make our picks for week six and we're gonna start things off with the atlanta falcons you and i have both expressed our feelings about Desmond Ritter. And there is one quarterback who Mike Greenberg thinks would be a much-needed upgrade. He said, if Justin Fields was the quarterback of the Atlanta Falcons right this minute, they would be a thousand times better off. So, believable or buffoonery, if Desmond Ritter was replaced by Justin Fields in Atlanta, the Falcons would be a much better team.
1: Oh, it depends on much better. Do I think that they probably win maybe one or two more games? Yes. I don't necessarily like. I wouldn't see them like being a at best, maybe a wild card team. But this is stretch. So, but I, we, I could see them being better than what they are now. With that, really,
0: I would say believable. Just because Justin Fields is not perfect, no one is saying that he is. But these past two games that he's had against the Broncos and Commanders are a billion times better than anything Desmond Ritter has done since coming to the NFL. And it's it's not even close. I don't even think he has – I could be wrong. I don't think he has a game where he's thrown for more than 270 yards. I know he doesn't have one this season. And I just think that with that level of explosiveness, like say what you will about Justin Fields, but I mean, he is still a threat to run the ball. And so you pair him up with um, what's it called B. John Robinson, and then you got a guy like Tyler Algier still out there. He still has another really good wide receiver in Drake London. Kyle Pitts is still a threat. John o. Smith looks like he's kind of come back into his own in this offense. I think that they would be much better. Again, I'm with you. I don't think they will like – take over the NFC or anything like that. But I do think that they would have at least a couple more wins with him under center. All right, last thing, talking about the Cowboys, following that big loss, you would think that their confidence might be shaken. However, Michael Parsons, their star defensive player, says it, in fact, is not and said that he doesn't think that the score of that game really indicated what happened. He said, I don't think the 49ers are at a higher level than us. I think we're the same Uh, caliber playoff team same talent same standards I just feel like we need to reconsider and fix some things the score doesn't really show what happened out there so you know what maybe everybody's eyes are deceiving them so believable or buffoonery despite the loss the Cowboys are on the same level as the San Francisco 49ers um I'm calling
1: buffoonery because I think they're still below I think it's Really, only two teams on that caliber, it's the Eagles and the 49ers.
0: I would say buffoonery as well. And honestly, I would put – I'd put the 49ers and Eagles on the same level. But, again, I, I mentioned it with my takeaways. I think that the 49ers are the best team in the league right now. And I think something else that needs to be noted is they didn't make any mistakes. The uh, Cowboys continue to make mistake after mistake after mistake because, what, I believe – Dak had three picks, I think. I know he at least had two. Yeah, he had three picks. He only completed 14 of his 24 passes. Tony Pollard, who you know we love over here, he had a fumble. They just offensively, like you mentioned, like they just got nothing going. And then defensively, I mean, George Kittle just did them something nasty. Like Debo was fine. Brandon Iyuk was kind of held in check. Christian McCaffrey had 51 rushing yards on 19 carries, but they just could do nothing with George Kittle. So I don't think it's like, oh, the Cowboys suck. The Cowboys are posers. I'm not going that far. They just got beat by a better team, and the beating was worse because of so many ill-time mistakes. But it's still buffoonery, Micah. just so you know. But all right, let's go ahead and move on to week six. Things get kicked off Thursday night. When my brother-in-law and the Denver Broncos head to Kansas City to face off against the Chiefs, as much as I would love for the Broncos to pull off an upset, I'm not crazy. Chiefs win.
1: Yeah, Chiefs win.
0: Baltimore Ravens and Tennessee Titans are headed to London this Sunday to square off. I got Ravens. I got Ravens. Washington Commanders versus the Atlanta Falcons. I, this is tough. I'm going to Go Commanders again because I think they're going to do a better job against the run and force Desmond Ritter to throw, and I just don't trust Desmond Ritter like that.
1: Yeah, I got Commanders.
0: San Francisco 49ers versus the Cleveland Browns. I got Niners. Niners. Uh, New Orleans Saints versus the Houston Texans. I got Saints. Saints. Uh, Miami Dolphins versus the Carolina Panthers. I got Dolphins in a blowout.
1: Yeah, Dolphins.
0: This will be an interesting one. Seattle Seahawks versus the Cincinnati Bengals. I, I'm i going Bengals. I think that Joe Burrow is starting to get a little bit healthier. And if his offensive line can block, I could really see Jamar Chase having another solid day as well as uh, Tyler Boyd in the slot. So I'm going Bengals. I'm
1: going Seahawks
0: totally understandable. Uh Jacksonville Jaguars versus the Indianapolis Colts. Oh, uh, Jax. Minnesota Vikings versus Chicago Bears. I got Vikings.
1: Uh, I got Bears. Mm,
0: I Okay, respect. Um New Orleans, pa- I mean New England Patriots versus the Las Vegas Raiders. I know we just talked about the Patriots and how they don't have talent, but I still think they win this game. I don't trust the Raiders.
1: I don't trust either or, but I trust the Patriots' defense, so I'm going Patriots.
0: Yeah, and let's be honest, Bill Belichick might lose to the uh, Cowboys. He might lose to the Saints. He's not losing to Josh McDaniels. Yeah. Regardless of where he's coaching. All right, next up, the Detroit Lions versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm going to upset. I got I got Bucks here.
1: I got the knee buyers.
0: Uh, Los Angeles Rams hosting the Arizona Cardinals. I got Rams. Rams. Philadelphia Eagles versus the New York Jets. I got Eagles. Eagles. Sunday Night Football, but it really shouldn't be. Buffalo Bills hosting the New York Giants. I got Bills.
1: Why is this even a game?
0: I don't understand why the Giants have so many uh primetime games. I think it's to their detriment.
1: I got bills and they got these primetime games off solely off the strip of the Saquon market.
0: Yeah, okay. And I hope for my I hope for Saquon's sake and selfishly my uh fantasy team's sake he playing, but it doesn't matter if he plays or not. They're still gonna get their butts whooped. All right, and now to a good primetime game. Monday night football, Dallas Cowboys versus the Los Angeles Chargers. This is very, very tough. But I think the chart. I mean, the Cowboys defense bounces back, and they get the dub over the Chargers.
1: Yeah, I'm going Cowboys too.
0: All right, let's talk the offensive, defensive, and rookie players we are watching this week. Offensively, I'm watching Jalen Hurts. He's the Eagles have won every game, and that's cool. But Jalen Hurts hasn't looked like the same Jalen Hurts who ended the 2022 season. So. And he's going up against a still good Jets defense. So, I want to see what Jalen Hurts we're going to get.
1: Um, For me, offensively, I'm going to be watching. It's weird because what I'm about to say is going to be counterintuitive. I'm watching y'all wide receivers. Like, Obviously, as a Titans fan, I want the Ravens to beat. I mean, I want the Titans to beat the Ravens. But I – I'm a Lamar guy, so I, don't. I want these receivers to make plays for him. So, yeah, I'm watching them.
0: Which also, we got to stop the Lamar slander. Don't get me wrong. That pick in the end zone was terrible, but you can't blame him for his receivers dropping the ball. What do you want him to do, throw it and go catch it himself? Stop it. Um, Defensively, I'm watching Micah Parsons. I mean, I just mentioned it. Like, they still feel confident in themselves. They still feel like they're one of the best teams in the NFL. Well, baby, this is your time to show it. The Chargers' offensive line has been fine this year, but they don't have anybody who should realistically be able to block Micah Parsons. And so I want to see what he can do against Justin Herbert because Justin Herbert is good about getting the ball out quick.
1: Yeah, I'm watching Micah Parsons as well, especially when you come off a big big loss like that, and you – even though it's not directed towards the charges, but you talk somewhat trash um, post game, I think you got to back it up by having a big game.
0: Absolutely. Um, And then my rookie I'm watching, I'm watching Zay Flowers. I love me some Zay. Very happy with him since we drafted him. But, yeah, he was a part of the problem, too, with some drops. He had what could have been a touchdown had he not fallen down on the route. I need my brother to bounce back. And we'll all be good. And plus, I know you didn't watch the game, but this past week, the Colts rookie slot receiver, Josh Downs, was giving the Titans secondary the business. Zay Flowers should be able to do the same thing as long as he catches the ball.
1: I mean, before I get to my rookie bed, quite honest, if you're a wide receiver in the NFL, you're not even inside secondary. It's it's just like... Christian Fulton, has dropped off. Kevin Byard hasn't made a play. Um, so, yeah, it's free, it's free yardage and free points. But uh, Ricky watching Washington, Jalicard.
0: Selfishly, I hope that remains the same this week. And then after that, I wish y'all the best. All right, and then last but not least, the teams that we're calling out, obviously Baltimore. Defense, I really don't got nothing to say to y'all. Y'all been doing y'all job. Offense, I've, I've already made mention to this a billion times. Catch the ball, and for the love of everything that is good, stop freaking fumbling. Put three hands on the ball. I don't care if you got to tuck it under your jersey. Stop fumbling.
1: That's- yeah, team. I mean, obviously, the Titans, but team, I'm calling out. Uh, Whoever. Uh, I really don't have another time because I'm just pissed about the Titans. Understandable.
0: But all right, let's go ahead and move on to the NBA, starting off with some roster moves. Uh, Veteran forward Reggie Bullock is signing with the Houston Rockets after he clears waivers, providing some solid three-point shooting, so nice move by them. And keeping things in Texas, the San Antonio Spurs signed guard Devin Vassell to a big contract extension, agreeing to a five-year $146 million deal. Uh, He lands the rookie-scale extension as part of the 2020 draft class and helps consider... Um, Solidify himself as one of the Spurs cornerstones. Props to that, brother, because, man, in the NBA, anybody can make some money. Um, And then last but not least, the WNBA announced that it is it has approved that the Golden State for the Golden State Warriors to bring in an expansion franchise to the Bay Area starting in 2025. And so it got me to thinking we always talk so much about NBA possible expansion teams and where they should be located. Well, how about the WNBA? So, Ethan, if you had your pick, what is a city around the states or abroad that you think should have a WNBA team?
1: Um, I mean, obviously Memphis. It's a lot of, uh, it's a lot of like women's basketball fans in Memphis because, uh, like, the South overall is a football like region, but Memphis is primarily, I think, a basketball city. Um, I would say it would have to be in tandem, but I would also say Seattle. Seattle
0: already got a team, the Seattle Storm. Ah,
1: uh, that's right. Uh, shoot. What do you think <laughs> cities that deserve? It's hard because I mean I know okay, see Uh, for
0: me, I would say St. Louis. A lot of the cities that have WNBA teams are usually either in the West Coast, the East Coast, or in the South. There's only three teams. Uh, well, actually, technically, two teams situated in the Midwest being the Chicago Sky and the Indiana Fever, which, by the way, I caught a game. Saw Leah Boston play live. She bad. Um, not better than Neko Wumakela. And uh, I think that, uh, like you said about Memphis, St. Louis is a basketball city. Like, And especially now, the only two professional teams in town are the what uh, St. Louis Cardinals and the St. Louis Blues. That's cool and all, but like I said, basketball is a uh, St. Louis is a basketball scene. I think they would appreciate having a, a basketball team to root for and not have to having to drive a few hours away to catch a game because I mean that's pretty much the case if you want to go to an NBA game. So putting the NBA team WNBA team right there, I think makes a lot of sense. But all right, let's go ahead and move on. No injuries to talk about, so that's a blessing. So let's go ahead and break down the Western Conference, starting off with the team that we think is the most underrated.
1: Team that is the most underrated, Uh, I'm going to say the Oklahoma City Thunder.
0: It's funny you say that they're underrated because I, I think they're kind of overrated. Like, n- not that I think, like, people are crowned and they'll be champions or anything. And props to them. But I think we're banking, just people in general, are banking a lot on Chet Holmgren being the guy. And we don't know what Chet is going to be. It's hard to really base anything off of the preseason. But last year, while they did end up making a spot in the play in and realistically could possibly make it in as a lower seed, I just, I don't know. I think we're, it's asking a lot for this young team to replicate that same success and make those steps forward. I think Shea can do it. Shea is amazing. But I I don't think I'm totally sold on the rest of the roster kind of raising their level of play enough to think that they could make the playoffs outright and maybe go on a run. Being a play-in conversation, absolutely. But as of right now, that's as far as I think they'd go. But honestly, I think the most underrated team is the Grizzlies. I know that everybody is talking about Ja. Totally understandable. What he did was stupid. But I think people continue to forget how good of a team they are collectively, how well coached they are under Taylor Jenkins and how I hate to pull the injury card, but before they started going through those injuries, to Steven Adams and then, um, Oh my gosh, Brandon Clark got hurt. They look like one of the top three teams in the Western Conference. And obviously, it's going to be a bit of an adjustment period without John and working in Marcus Smart and D. Rose, but I think that the Grizzlies are being severely underrated. But but what team do you think is overrated? Because I already gave mine.
1: The team that I think is overrated, I mean, it has to be the Lakers. Like, I do like the moves that they've made. I do think that they building they built upon the success that they had post trade deadline. But to be honest, if you like, if you really expect them to like make this run to like people are make, expecting them to make a run to like Western Conference Finals, I just
0: it's delusional. I don't see. It's okay,
1: you can say it. Yeah, I just don't see it. Like they're a good team, like. Don't get me wrong. Like I definitely see them being in the playoffs. I just don't see them being like these super big like power. Because again, like I'm a I'm a bronze fan, but I don't like you have LeBron going into his 21st year, and he's going to be if I'm not mistaken 30, either 35 or 36 this 80, year.
0: 30, oh no, LeBron gonna be almost no
1: no 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 37.
0: Nah, LeBron gonna be... F- Is he gonna be 40 this year? Yeah, he gonna be 39 this year.
1: So yeah, I'm sorry. That, that makes my case even more valid. Yeah, he'll... Yeah, if you're expecting a 39-year-old man to like... Again, I know LeBron's a freaking of nature, but if you're expecting a 39-year-old man to be the focal point of a championship contending team, ain't I ain't just happening. don't.
0: It ain't happening. And that, and no matter LeBron is amazing, but it can't just keep being LeBron, which we'll obviously get to later. Um. All right, let's get on to the positive note. Our top three favorite players in the Western Conference. Uh, number three for me, Kyrie Irving. I know that's a controversial opinion, but I love watching him play basketball, and I he's one of those people, or at least athletes, who. You can tell actually cares about other people, whether it be through philanthropic work, donations to different communities and different people in need. Like, I like Kyrie a lot. Again, I know it's controversial, but that he's he's one of my guys. So
1: um, number three for me is Nikola Jokic.
0: Yeah. Big man. Uh number two, Bradley Beal. I talked about it with the Easter Conference. I was so used to mentioning his name over there, but now he's with the Suns. Love me some Bradley Beal, and I'm excited to see what he does this year.
1: Number two, for me, it's hard because I actually have a 1A, 1B. But my number two, I'm going – ah, Anthony Edwards. Respect.
0: And then number one, for me, Russell Westbrook. He's my favorite player in the league. He's been my favorite player in the league since Kobe retired. That's not going to change until he retires.
1: My number – like, again, I said I have a 1A, 1B. It's LeBron and Ja.
0: All right, let's go ahead and move on to the top three players who are in a prove-it year. I had way more than three, so this was tough. But number three, I'm going to say Cat. I feel like in his mind, he still kind of feels like the Timberwolves are his team, even though conventional wisdom and common sense Loki would be like, no, it's Ant's team. But I think that if he feels so strongly, he's going to have to show it on the court. And because it would not shock me if around the trade deadline, he ends up getting bounced mainly because the Timberwolves know they could get way more trading him as opposed to trying to trade Rudy Gobert, especially after this past season. And Ann ain't going nowhere if they can help it. So I think Cat has to prove himself to be invaluable with to this team or he's going to be gone.
1: Um, come and post the ESPN ratings in the conversation we had, I have to go with y'all because – It's not 33 other players in the NBA that are better than John Murray. I'm sorry. Agreed. And so, for them, like, last year you had him at nine. And he played the exact same, if not better, this past season outside of the -the off-the-court issues. And you rank him 26 spots lower. And he's the exact same player. So, I got to go with John.
0: I have John. on my list, but for a different reason. Um, I'll just get to it, who cares? Uh, I have Ja on my list mainly just because of the off the court stuff. Like when he plays, everybody knows that Ja is a terrific player, arguably the most exciting player in the NBA today. But it's just the stupid stuff off the court that makes it hard, not only for some people to root for him, but like you said, for him to get the respect that he deserves as an athlete. And so, this year, he's got to prove that he has his head on straight. Like, not even just talking about basketball no more. Who cares about that in this moment? Like, just prove that he's gotten better and that he's gotten his priorities in order. Because long as he does that and he can play the game that he loves and does it better than definitely 33 people ahead of him, that's going to be great. But, again, he just has to have his head on straight. And I think he has to prove that he does before he's going to get that respect that he's earned. Oh,
1: uh, For me, at number two, I got Zion um, solely because it's it's time to like prove that you can stay healthy. Because again, like people are like this whole offseason, people are willing to put you in trade talks for Scoot Henderson, um, and it's not like Zion when Zion is fully healthy. Like Zion is one of the best players in the nba without a doubt and one of the most impactful players in the nba but you have to prove that you can stay healthy and i think like you know everyone keeps even with some of his off the court stuff like that too but it's like everyone was what was willing to build zion as the next big thing and when he plays he shows the flashes he just has to be consistent
0: yeah, I am also going Zion for all the same reasons. He was my number one.
1: Uh, My number one is a man that we've also talked about today. It's Anthony Davis. Yeah. Like, you, you, again, health, but also, like, it was a stretch this past season when before Anthony Davis got hurt where you mm-hmm. looked up and it's like, oh, this is a different dude. Like, he's doing things that I haven't seen other basketball players in recent history do. Like, he was dominating. And when that was going on, the Lakers were winning games. And with this current iteration of the Lakers, in order for them to reach the lofty expectations that a lot of people have, Anthony Davis is going to have to be the focal point. He's going to have to be the dominating guy that he's been, that he was doing in stretch for them to win games.
0: Yeah, totally agree. Believe me, he was a very hard person not to mention. Um, all right, let's go ahead and move on to the top three players we are expecting to break out. Um, starting off for me, I got Jabari Smith, second year forward for the Houston Rockets. He showed some flash- flashes as the year went on after kind of a slow start. And I think that now with M.A. Adoka coming in, I think that he's going to really help coach him up to be better on both the offensive and defensive side of the ball. They got some valuable veterans there. Say what you will about Dylan Brooks, but I think he's going to really help to kind of push this young man and be where he needs to be, Fred VanVleet there as well. So I think Jabari Smith's going to have a good year.
1: For me, it's, I have two guys that are on the same team. And you, it's funny because you kind of threw a shot at one of them. I have kelden Johnson and Devin um, you, you, If you look at these past couple of seasons of San Antonio Spurs basketball, it's like, oh, they're afterthought. They don't have any good players. But then you look up, Devin Fussell's past season averaged 18.5 and kelden Johnson averaged 20. And I think it's going to be more of a breakout in the sense of, like, since they have Wimbenyama on their team, they're going to get more eyes to see them. Do I think that they're going to necessarily have huge jumps in production? Maybe not. Do I think that they might get some more recognition because it's going to be guys that, like, see them and it's like, oh, Everybody in San Antonio isn't just trash. That's why I think that's how I think they might have a bit a somewhat of a breakout, just from like a little bit more of a recognition standpoint.
0: It's funny because I definitely have Devin Vassell as like my second breakout candidate. It wasn't by the way, what I said earlier literally was not meant to be a shot. It's just oh yeah, I know. Yeah, everybody in the NBA get paid like crazy money and God bless them for it. But you know, I think for the exact same reason with women Yama there, that's gonna take up a lot of def- defense's attention, which is gonna open things up for that backcourt, including Devin Vassell and you know, I mean, 18 and a half points, like, that's nothing to sneeze at. That's more than either most people are averaging in the NBA. But I think that, like you say, he could boost those numbers up because, again, he's going to have more open opportunities. Um, and then uh, number one for me is DeAndre Ayton. You're in Phoenix, but you're never really the guy. Devin Booker's there, and then CP3 is there, and then KD's there. You're never going to be the first option. Nobody's really looking at you to be productive. All you got to do is stand in the post, play some defense, and make your layups and ducks when we pass it to you. However, now with the Trailblazers, I think that he's going to have a more expanded role. Obviously, this is not his team, but the Trailblazers have desperately needed a big man who they can really rely on. And I think that as long as DeAndre Hay- Aiden can stay healthy, he can fill that role and be a much more valuable player to the Trailblazers than he ever was in Phoenix, despite being a former first overall pick. Uh,
1: for me, my number two, I'm going to go with. I'm also going to agree with you with De'Andre Ayton. I think he, he's in a place that actually wants him. He's not going to be the stock of the team. Um, and, I mean, you even saw – I saw a couple of plays from him in the preseason where it's like, yeah, you, I think you're going to see a different guy. It was a play – I literally just watched it as we were talking when I was, I was scrolling through Twitter. He blocked the shot. Somebody got the rebound, pushed the ball up court and then they fed him trailing for a dunk and like that's the signs of you getting a guy that's a motivated player and a guy that's willing to put this been putting it in the work and willing to go the extra mile to like make when he plays and I think that's what you're going to see more of from him um, this season
0: Agreed. and that was your number one
1: no my number one is Jamal man. Oh. Um, I think like Last season, guess he was a huge focal point of the Nuggets winning the championship. Um, But he was on a a ascension before he hurt his ACL. He came back, started off slow, which most people do when they come back from ACL injuries. And then as the season wrapped up and postseason began, he started to look like the Jamal Murray. But coming off the, uh, the heels of winning the championship... I think he's going to get he's going to get a uh, a bit of a breakout because I think now he's more he's healthier, so you might see him have a higher increase in scoring. But he's just going to get more notoriety in the league of like, oh, this is NBA champion Jamal Murray, and you might mess around and look up and see him make an All Star team just because of that alone.
0: I could see that as well. Um, all right. Who is the rookie you're watching? For me, it's Scoot Henderson for obvious reasons. It's your team now. Dame is gone. It's your squad.
1: Rookie I'm watching. I'm obviously watching Scoot and Wimby. Um, if I'm going to go off of a, a beat, a, a, a like, alternative path, um, I'm going to be watching, um, I think it's Chris Whitmore. He plays for the,
0: um, camp, camera crew yeah, for yeah, the like, uh, Rockets.
1: For the Rockets. Like, I it's weird because the Rockets, they stockpiled a bunch of wings and, like, small ball fours, and he's one of them. But, like, I watched him in summer league. He was looking good. Then I watched him in his first preseason game last night. He looked good. So he's just somebody I'm going to keep my eye out on.
0: Because I want to say he won summer league MVP, right?
1: Mm, I think he did.
0: Yeah. So oh, yeah, Cam Winmore. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm really excited to see how he does. I'm i will be lying if I said I remember which Thompson twin they drafted because I know the other one went to Detroit. I'm excited to see how they he drafted does.
1: A- and the drafted A-
0: okay. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they do. Look, I'm very excited to see the Rockets play this year. And I can say that because Kevin Porter's gone. So um, all right. Bold prediction. My bold prediction is even with the healthy Zion, the Pelicans still miss the playoffs leading to his impending departure.
1: Uh, My bold prediction is one of them is the Pelicans are going to make a trade before the trade deadline. It's not going to be Zion. It's going to be CJ McCullough. But also, to pair with that, My bold prediction is that the Christmas, even with John missing 25 games, stays the top three seed in the West.
0: They've done it before, so that'll be interesting to see. All right, last but not least, conference champions. I'm boring. I got Nuggets winning the West.
1: Yeah, I, I don't see any other team that's better than the Nuggets. So, I'm going Nuggets as well. All right,
0: thanks. Let's go ahead and move on to our game of believable or And starting with a former Nugget himself, Carmelo Anthony, and his former teammate, center Nene. Uh, in a recent interview, he talked about how Carmelo Anthony could have been the best player of his generation. He said, Carmelo, man, he's a guy who could have been the best player in the league. Uh, the way he uses his body, the accuracy of his shots, the variation of dribbles and shots he has, and his low post fundamentals. Yeah, he is simply the best down there, but he's just too selfish. He can't make his teammates better if he did, that he could have been the best in the league. So, believable or buffoonery? Melo's selfishness preventing him from being the best player in the NBA in the 2000s. I think it's believable. Because
1: even when you look at Another guy that everybody would say is selfish on Kobe. Like when Push came to shove, Kobe made the winning play. Like if he had to, if the winning play was to pass the ball to Shaq for Aliyu against Spoiler, he passed the ball to Shaq. Yeah. If the winning play, hey, let me get this ball to Pal Gasol. I'm gonna get this ball to Pal Gasol. If I need to get it to Robert or I'm gonna get it to Robert Morton. Like those were the things that, like, those are the plays that make that aren't that aren't selfish that win you games and a lot of times Melo from what I remember Melo did make those plays
0: agreed also one of my favorite t- pass outs was to Ron Artest because they helped us get a championship so shout out to Ron um, yeah, but agreed. I think it is believable as well. All right, moving on to a current NBA star, Kevin Durant, who got pretty candid about the expectations surrounding the Suns this year in an interview with SiriusXM in NBA Radio, to which he said, obviously, if we don't win the title, we'll get pounced on, speaking of the expectations for the Phoenix Suns. So, believable or buffoonery, the Phoenix Suns are under the most pressure to win a ring this season.
1: Oh. Uh going to say no. I think who the team is under the most expectation is Boston because, like, they've continually made the playoff runs. They made it to the finals, and they keep, at least for the time being, showing that they haven't won one. Like, I think if Phoenix, like if Phoenix loses, yes, they're going to receive a lot of flag forward because they got KD... Bradley, Bill, and D-Book, but I think the team that's under the most pressure is definitely
0: Boston. It's weird because if I look at, at it from a team expectation, I don't think I would say Phoenix, but if you ask me the player, I would say KD. Like I think that KD is one of those guys who obviously he's had a terrific career, but I don't think he's going to be considered as one of the greatest of all time unless he can win another ring outside of Golden State. And so, in that retrospect, I get what he's saying because he's there. But in terms of the team, I don't – it's weird because, like, even with Boston, I don't know if i say they're under a lot of pressure just because, like, if they lose, it sucks, it's unfortunate. But I don't think anything big is going to happen if they don't win a ring. And so, that's why it's hard to say I think they're under the most pressure. So – If I look at it from that lens, maybe the 76ers, just because I feel like they're on the brink of a rebuild anyway, and you always hear so much about, oh, the 76ers are in contention, the 76ers can do this, the 76ers can do that, and yet the only thing they've done is get bounced in the second round. So I think team-wise, I'd probably say Sixers, but I get what KD is saying because I think he's the player under the most pressure. But all right, speaking of a team that has won a ring, the Milwaukee Bucks, and they have hopes of winning another one following the addition of multi-time all-star point guard, Damian Lillard. However, former... Uh, NBA head coach George Carl said he thinks that they are missing a key piece in order to get that done Um, and speaking of the acquisition of Lillard Carl said this I think Lillard probably makes them more exciting more explosive I think he'll go in there with some excitement being on a team that can win the championship but to be honest with you in the playoffs Holiday might be better than Lillard I know statistically that won't prove out but the intangibles that Holiday brings to the game that's what wins playoff games the little things the defense ability to move around and cover different players, and I think you can give Holiday some credit. He became a pretty good offensive player last season. So, believable or buffoonery, the Bucks will miss Drew Holiday's impact in the playoffs.
1: I'm going to say yes and no. I do think that they're going to miss him being the versatile defender that he is, but it's also, when you look at his last playoff run against the with the Bucks. He got cooked by Jimmy Butler. Let's just be honest. Like like Jimmy was giving him the business. So the whole impact of him as a defender, it could be very and I also think like I said before, like they have he's not um he doesn't have the reputation of a Drew Holiday as a defender. But Chris Middleton is a solid defender as well. I think, in so in that as retrospect, I'll say yes. The reason I say no is at the end of the day, when you have a tight, mid, close playoff game, I would rather have Damian Lillard on my team than Drew Holiday.
0: Yeah, I think it's, I think it's believable and buffoonery for pretty much the same reasons. It's just. But then on the other side of the coin, like if it's a close game, you could say that about Dame because he can make that shot. But if somebody pulls up, like Jimmy Butler pulls up in front of Dame for a shot, Dame ain't stopping it. And I know that Drew got cooked by Jimmy Butler. And I mean, it is Jimmy Butler, but I would trust him more defensively than I would Dame. So, like, it's pros and cons to both. So I'm, I'm kind of, I'm like you, I'm in the middle, but I, I do understand the argument for Drew Holiday having a bigger impact. All right, a couple more things before we get up out of here. Um, Stephen A. Smith and his quote-unquote reliable sources Sometimes they don't really sound that reliable, but this is something that I think I could buy. So there had been a lot of speculation early on in free agency that James Harden wanted to make a return to Houston. And reportedly he did almost do that, but he ruined it by opening his mouth. I say that because uh, Stephen A. Smith reported that he actually talked himself out of a max deal because he went in there talking about how he wanted to return to being that scoring champion, and Ma Adoko and them were like, "Nah, we ain't trying to have that here." Again, no real guarantee about this whether this being true or not, but let's say that it is believable or buffoonery. The Rockets made a mistake not bringing in James Harden.
1: No, babe. they made the right decision. Like, for a multitude of the reasons. For one, when you have a young team like the Rockets have, you want to bring in guys that can set the culture. The way that James Harden operates isn't the guy that you want around a Jalen Green or Jabari Smith. Or, I was wrong earlier, the Rockets drafted Amin Thompson, not Asua okay. Thompson. Okay. But you don't want James Harden around a guy like Amin Thompson. You don't want James Harden around a guy like Sin because it's like, he, yo, I was watching the video, I watched the video earlier today, I think it's a couple of days old, where it was KG, Matt Barnes, Steven Jackson, like I, like the OGs that kinda do most of the talking, for the NBA, like the NBA stuff. Mm-hmm. KG brought up a big, uh, no, as a matter of fact, it was Paul Pierce Ew. that brought up a big point, and a good point, which is weird because he never has good points. But he said, when you're a, when you're a young when you're a young guy and you got everything going for you, you're allowed to have one to two wiggles where you can get out of a team in a situation. James Harden, he's he's actually used up all his wiggles trying to wiggle his way out of Philly so I yeah they made the right decision because if he just doesn't like say he went to Philly I mean Houston and he tried to be the scoring champion and because he's not that caliber of player because he's older what he gonna do he gonna want then you wanna say like oh I want help so they made the right decision
0: yeah I agree especially because as far as MA as a coach like even though Jason Tatum was playing really well, like he was never just, like, the guy. Like, there was still other people around him to help contribute. And James Harden, if this is true, it feels like he's just like, hey, I don't really want to do nothing else. So I just want to put up a whole bunch of buckets. And it's like, screw everybody else here. And that's a bad thing. That you. That's the last thing you want to hear when you have a young team. You're trying to help establish a culture. So, yeah, no, I am calling believable on that as well. There is no way I would have brought him in. All right, last thing before we make our – we do our fast lane recap, Patrick Ewing, one of the greatest centers of all time feels like he could have been even better. Had he played in today's NBA in a recent interview, he says this, uh, there's not that many great centers. I'd be Michael Jordan in this era. It's definitely changed the way that teams play the way that everybody spreads the floor. Most big guys, instead of posting up, they want to get out there and shoot threes. So believable or buffoonery. If Patrick Ewing played in today's NBA, he'd be considered the GOAT. No. Yeah, no. I'm calling buffoonery on that as well because in today's NBA, I know I hear what he's saying about, you know, everybody wants to go post, doesn't want to post up anymore and they want to shoot threes. That's because the nature of the NBA has changed. And last time I checked, Patrick Ewing won knock it down no threes. So no.
1: Also, like, Bro, you're talking about don't nobody want to post up. These big men, like, even though they don't have to deal with it nearly as much, you still have big men that are capable enough to guard you. You've never really guarded any type of big that came into today's league. Like, Patrick Ewan hold on, I'm gonna look it up. If I'm not mistaken, Patrick Ewan was seven foot two hundred and forty pounds when he was a player. So, bro, Try to guard Joel and B.
0: Try to guard Giannis.
1: Nah, I'm no, because Giannis is a power forward. But- I'm saying if you're gonna go big on big, which is center on center, guard Joel try to guard Joel and B in your prime. Like Joel Embiid, B, he's listed at seven foot. People say he's more he's more like maybe seven two and he's at minimum two hundred and eighty pounds. And he has all the skills that that Hakeem had back in your day. Hakeem used to cook all y'all. So just imagine guarding a bigger version of Hakeem. The last one, you're going to get destroyed. Like you're going to get destroyed. I'm sorry.
0: Yeah, and I meant I mentioned Giannis because again, it's not always center on center. Sometimes big fours who could play the five or who are big enough to play the five, they line up on, on centers too. And again, I don't think he would do anything with Giannis. Giannis would cook him. But I get it. I, I respect the confidence. Everybody wants to play the eras game. But no, nah, I think he played in the right era because this one would not have been kind to him. But all right, let's go ahead and move on. And let's go talk fast lane. All right, and now to talk fast lane with me, you know it is my embryo, my embryo, my embryo.
2: Chris Waters, how you
0: doing today, Embryo? I hey,
2: am doing good today. Fresh off of work, you know. Been a pretty good day. How are your day been?
0: Um, it's been a day, but I feel you on the work day. You know, today went by real smooth. Um, and for that, I am grateful because it's been a long couple weeks for your girl. Very long. <laughs>
2: but That's a long. Don't worry about
0: it. Oh, it's just been very busy, and then. Uh, what's it called mom came in town a couple weeks ago another friend of mine came in town this past week fast lane working like it, it, your girl has not had a lot of time to just be able to decompress but it's okay because it's coming
2: well who needs to decompress though like
0: see you 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 joke about that but then you always be like why are not you sleep why don't you ever get no sleep you know what? That is facts. i know it is it's straight facts but you want to know what else is a fact Fastlane was a lot of fun and we're going to talk about it starting things off with cody Rhodes and jay uso becoming the new undisputed tag team champions after a failed assist from jd McDonough because that brother just cannot do nothing right um carlito was the LWO's mystery partner and helps them defeat Lashley and the Street Profits. EO Sky wins the triple threat with the moonsault on Charlotte, which, by the way, means we did not get the tiebreaker on that, but I'll get to that in a second. <laughs> uh, LA Knight and Johnny Boy Cena unsurprisingly beat the Bloodline. And Seth Rollins outlasts Shinsuke Nakamura to retain his World Heavyweight Championship. For the first time in I don't know how long there was no tiebreaker point awarded, no definitive winner, which means that you and I, my brother, we tied at three and two. I'm not gonna lie; after the first couple of matches, things was getting a little rocky.
2: Man, real rocky, you know. I thought we was gonna get anything
0: right. I don't know about that, but I I did I think mean, that. I mean, I
2: mean, I mean, Carlito Car- was left for the field. I was like,
0: oh oh oh, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, no. This is why I hate wrestling in the age of social media. Like earlier in the day, I saw something about Carlito. And I was like, oh, no, no disrespect to Carlito. I'll I will explain later on why I was displeased with it being Carlito. But it has nothing to do with like him as a wrestler. I big Carlito girl back in the day. Um, but no, now no, no no, no, I will no. say this. Now the trip women's triple threat when EO, uh, I'm not EO. Charlotte got the miss like two seconds into the match. I was like, "Oh, she's gonna oh, win," yeah. and then I was gonna was be mad shot, that. I didn't think I mean- of-
2: if there's no disqualification, just Go
0: ahead and just try to end it now. I, I mean, yeah, a hundred percent. I just looked at it like dang,
2: like they could use this
0: as a way for her to get out the match for a while. Everybody forget about her and then bam, she wins. Yeah. Which if she did, obviously I would not be upset because y'all know what it is. We love us some Charlotte Flair. Uh, but let's go ahead and talk the card and break it down a bit. Starting with our favorite matches. Embryo, you can go first.
2: Favorite match. That is an interesting one. I'm going to go. Hmm, this is between the triple threat with the women and this between the tag team match.
0: Which one? The there was a few. Match
2: only because <laughs> I was shocked they lost. the they lost to Cody Rose and Jey Uso. Same. I didn't really had them losing.
0: Same.
2: So I'm going to go there. Even though I knew um, one well, one the triple threat freaking rocked to me, but I kind of already had the winner with D and Eo, so I'm gonna only go. I was, I'm gonna go with the Judgment Day only because of the shock value of them losing.
0: That's that fair. Was
2: not on my plate.
0: That's fair. Um, yeah, I would say the women's triple threat match. I thought it was mm-hmm. a very fun match with a lot of like near falls. I think at. At least a couple times in the match, like I thought there were points when Oscar was gonna do it. I thought there was points yeah. when Charlotte was gonna do it. EO would do it before she eventually did it. Like when Bailey came out, that was another time I was like, man, Bailey gonna mess up. Bailey gonna end up costing EO. Obviously that didn't happen, but I thought it was a really, really good time. And so now to play devil's advocate, which triple threat did you enjoy more? The one from Fastlane with Eo Charlotte and Oscar or the one from SummerSlam with Bianca, Charlotte
2: and uh Oscar. Mm. I'm gonna go one with Bianca only because it was a shock well, both of them was great matches, but I'm gonna go with Bianca because I was shocked that she won, then EO Cash then was started on this. So I'm gonna go with that one.
0: I'm gonna go with that one too. Be again because I when she came off the turnbuckle and the way she screamed, yes. I thought she you would have thought that woman died. I was like, no, no, Bianca. Like I remember just like I, the emotional roller coaster of that entire match. Like we talked about it like while I was at work. Like I had to fight not screaming because I was still working. But yeah, I think I would go that one just because it was just such a roller coaster. But again, both were great matches, amazing matches. Shout out to the women, back to back banger, triple threats, and who, who knows, maybe Rhea will be competing in a multi woman match soon because Lord knows she needs to do something with that title besides just hold it.
2: I mean, she destroys everybody, she bosses everybody around. She does need to defend, but a they work and make plenty work. So I'm excited about it.
0: I'm still, I'm ready to see her versus Shayna. Sign me up.
2: Meant to, but they should have built Shayna up a little bit more. <laughs> eh, I don't I know have he's gonna win, but as long as they give him time and it's a banger,
0: I'm okay with it. I I, I think we can make it work. I mean, they've given less lesser people championship matches without much notice. You know? And so besides, not a good thing, but it's not a good thing.
2: That's something you need to work I'm about.
0: yeah, I'm not saying it's right, but like I'm okay with it because again, I watched that era of NXT when Shayna was dominant. And her and Rhea will be going at it. And so I when it comes to Shayna, I try to cling to that version of her. Because the one since she's got called up has been a shell of her former self. Agreed.
2: Okay.
0: So I if, if we can get like that, I'm not saying like she has to be like that level of domination in like on Raw. But if we could at least get her to be taken that seriously, I'm good. Um, all right. What was your favorite moment of the night?
2: Favorite moment? That's another good one. Favorite moments? This is lie, like, s- I don't think I have like a just a like just a definitely like favorite moment. Mm-hmm. I would say the show overall, like it wasn't too long. To me, it's like the show was just right. I was entertained the whole night. Um. With every match, and it just went by fast. It was like three hours, and it didn't take too long at all.
0: That's but, um, fair.
2: Because sometimes WWE can go a long time.
0: Yes, he can.
2: And you know, I was sitting there watching it. I had a good time. Then next, time I knew I was like, "Wait a minute, there's only one match left." And every match hit its spots. Um, I can't really think of one. Uh, I guess I would say surprising moment is uh, if I have to pick one, just you know, for this. Um, how himself won the last man standing match? It wasn't off of a pedigree. It wasn't off of a curb stomp. He did a falcon arrow through the table, which is a very difficult move to do. But I didn't think that would be the thing that was in Shisuke.
0: Matter of fact, yeah. did he even do a curb stomp that entire match?
2: Um, He did. He did. Before he threw him through the table, he did. Okay, that's right.
0: Um, my favorite... I, I'm like you I didn't have a moment that like just stuck out it was just funny to me like at the start of the tag match with the bloodline and LA Knight and John Cena when uh what's it called Jimmy wanted uh Solo to dap him up and he just looked at him and got on the, <laughs> he got on the ropes that was so funny to me because it's just like same I, lo- <laughs> I cool. love I will not
2: even show up to Smackdown man I will not even
0: show up now I thought that Roman a uh, part of me low-key thought Roman was gonna pop up and like admonish him for losing but a bigger part of me was like they're gonna lose and then Solo's finally gonna lose his mind and beat the crap out of Jimmy that's really what I thought it was gonna be <laughs> but, <laughs> well,
2: I will say this um, oh go ahead my bad oh no go ahead surprising moment in- we talked about this them stopping Damien from cashing in. Y'all jump people all the time. All the time. It's a last man standing match. Which if he, and I'm um, just asking you, I don't know what would happen. If he cashed in while the match was still going, would he had just, there's no triple threat last man standing. But it would have turned into a triple threat. Yeah. rules, there's no disqualification.
0: They could have just waited till like, it was officially over and then he could have jumped Seth after that.
2: Like, then they waited on Monday night to do it. Himself is all slept up, you know, he's he, he good. It's like guys, well, I jump people all the time. Just go out there and jump them after the match. He can easily become champion tonight.
0: I mean, you know, Damian's leg was hurting. Maybe that's how they're trying to do it. Like is your legs you hurt know. so you may not be as full.
2: Jump strength. the crap out of that man.
0: I mean look yeah. I'm I failed him though. He was like, I'm leaving here with some Which I'd respect, but it's okay. His time will come. Don't ask me when, but it'll come.
2: Um yeah, uh, yeah, don't tell me
0: Yeah, you know, don't ask me, yeah, don't don't ask me no is. questions
2: further than that, but <laughs> All right,
0: so let's talk who increased and decreased their stock. Let's start on a positive note. Who boosted their stock with their fast lane performance? Boosted their stock.
2: Didn't go through the matches. A lot of people that wrestle tonight already had their stocks.
0: You want me to run through the list again?
2: No, no, I do remember everybody. Okay. I'm gonna say Jay, and here's why: he left the blood. He was champion. He left the bloodline. He left WWE, quote unquote. Left the bloodline. Came back, and now he's back champion. He's proving himself as not against taking. He's not a well. He's not a single star yet, but he's boosting his stock as saying, "I don't have to be with the bloodline to win." Because he always been with his brother. Then he's with the bloodline. Now he's showing them I can win with anybody with Cody Rhodes. So. I'm going to say he
0: boosted his stock because now
2: he's back the Undisputed Tag Team Champion. That's
0: real. I would say EO Sky would be who I think boosted their stock. Mainly just because, I mean, you take down two of your biggest challengers in Charlotte and Asuka. That's great. That's awesome. On paper, that should be the end of these respective feuds. And so, (laughs) obviously, I know, I know. But, like, I, I like that. It, and she looked strong doing it. Like, Bailey helped a little bit, but it wasn't like Bailey did everything to help her get that win. Like, she had to fight her behind off to get that dub. And so because of that, I really, really liked her performance. I mean, everybody knows I get jiggy with some EO Sky. And so I'm excited to see where they go from here. But just being able to take both of them down, I think it helps to further legitimize her as a champion and kind of open new doors to new feuds. That I'm, I'm excited to see where it all goes. Um. All right. Who do you think decreased their stock? Because part of me, low key, thinks we might have the same answer.
2: Decreased, um, I'm going to say the Bobby Lashley group. Um, okay. They barely fought together at all. Bobby hasn't been fighting. And then, even though they pretty much had the match in hand, they lose to a returning Carlito, which is fine. Mm. But at the same like yeah, I'm like, you know, because I'm doing it for the return. But I just feel like that group is trying to build to some, try to be something great, and they really don't need a loss right now. And now yeah. it's like, what do you do? It's like you already hinted at Bobby for letting them go, saying they don't have the killer instinct. Then during the match, Montez was just, you know, joking around. Yeah, he was like
0: being goofy like usual. He was being
2: goofy. It's like I thought y'all just changed this. But I'm interested to see what they do Friday, see what they say to fix it because... That group should not have been in that role. You could have easily put, I don't know, anybody in that role, I, I guess. But I feel like they definitely decreased their stock with their loss.
0: I agree. And we'll get to my more of my thoughts on that. But, yeah, for everything you mentioned, like just the way that you're kind of building them up and trying to make them seem like they're tough and they, like, they bout it. And then having them lose was pretty questionable to me. Um, I mean, the match was fine. Like, I have no issues with the match. It's just, like, I just don't think this was the time to have them lose. Especially because it's not like the LWO really needed that win. You know what I'm saying? Like, Rey Mysterio's Rey Mysterio. Santos is still Santos. Like, I think they would have been fine. Again, like, when you have a legend like Carlito return, it's like, okay, this is – it adds – it makes more sense. But it's still, like, Carlito didn't have to take the pin, you know?
2: I mean – I would have did it. If you really wanted to bring Carlito back, I would have put, um, oh, what's the guy, what's his name, Dragon Lee?
0: Mm-hmm. As a tag team partner? I would
2: have had Dragon Lee come out as a tag team partner. would have let you have a, it wasn't going to blow, like, you know, that match wasn't meant to take, take, tear the show down. Right. Um, you would have had a nice little decent match. You could either have Santos or Ray take the pin because you could build towards a United States Championship match towards that. Then, like, maybe... To put more edge, they started jumping them, and that's when Carlito comes out to help them. Now you got a big comeback, but your group that you want to build up is still making pretty strong.
0: Yeah. Look at you being all smart and brilliant. <laughs> hey,
2: I, hey, look, hey, look, we're trying to get paid, man. Look, we, we we we're doing this for free. Come on, just go ahead and pay
0: us. Yeah. Come on. I know you. I know you're listening, Paul. Come on, her help us out. No, you're listening. Um, come on. All right. Your one booking decision you would have made. One, uh, let me phrase that. One booking decision you would have done differently.
2: Well, I guess I just kind of gave you one before another one. I thought like the Judgment Day had more to tell with those championships, so I would have, I wouldn't have had Cody Rose and JDM uh, lose. I mean, win. Yeah. I would have probably had, just after what they did Friday night, basically doing a truce with the Judgment Day and Bloodline. I would have either had Solo or Jimmy stop them from winning. Now that I see what they did on Monday, okay, I'm cool with Drew not helping. (laughs) We could even have Kevin Owens, or or Kevin Owens, not Sammy Zayn, but Kevin Owens ruined it, because Kevin Owens don't want to see Jay with those belts. A lot of people don't want to see Jay with them them belts. Jay did a lot with the bloodline, so I would have changed that. I would have found a way to make them lose by looking strong and let the judges when they keep the titles.
0: Yeah, I, that is a good one because we talked about this last week. Like, I didn't think that they were going to win just because I feel like it's inevitable for Cody to be like, I'm going to SmackDown to the finish the story. And so he can face Roman. And again, I didn't think it made too much sense. So I guess they're just going to delay that for a little bit, which is cool. Well, but I mean, because at, at the end of the day, there's still trade compensation. You know what I'm saying? Like, they just didn't is get it? Jay for free. cause they Jared No, because they Lee literally say.
2: Lee was on NXT. Now he's on SmackDown. Yeah, but
0: how can you trade somebody from NXT, but he wasn't on? That don't make no sense. So somebody from <laughs> Raw is going over there, and eventually it's going to be Cody Rhodes. So The thing is, Cody's not
2: going to walk in WrestleMania with the belt, so now you're putting a loss on him at some point. Which is fine. Which most, likely, which, which, I'm telling you, most likely it's gonna be because of the bloodline.
0: Which is, again because it's bloodline. fine. But why put the t- I just don't get putting the chat titles on them anyway?
2: Yeah, I don't really get it. Um
0: I'm not mad at it. Yeah, I just don't get it.
2: I mean, I don't see I don't even see them holding it long. Judgment Day is fighting them next week. I assume they beat Sami Zayn and Kevin because my Wi Fi game, but Yeah, they won. <laughs> Um, so did they win well, I'm pretty sure they won clean. Mm-hmm. But it's like I don't see them hone it long. Yeah. Maybe they just did it for shock value.
0: Maybe. I mean, that was a quite a few shock values out there. So
2: you know, I mean Dom lost his belt they wanted the very next week.
0: Yes, with a lot of help. So who knows? Wrestling is interesting. Um, all right, let's oh, I lied. My one booking decision would have been having Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits win. Or For sure. Everything I just said on under decreased stock. All right, what was your biggest WTF moment of the night? Man,
2: was it? Was it even any WTF moments?
0: I had uh, one. You had what? One hundred percent. Um, you want me to go
2: first? Yeah, because I thought I was about to take yours. Go
0: ahead. I, I don't think you were. Not necessarily Carlito coming out. What the hell did he come out to? I don't want to see Carlito on my TV or in the case of Saturday. In person, if he is not coming out with the intro, I spit in the face of people don't want to be cool. Carlito, Carlito. Like if, I, if I'm not getting that, I don't want it. If Carlito, if, if there's not even a chance of him chewing on an apple and spitting in somebody's face, I don't want to see Carlito. And I got none of it. Not none of it. Like that dead ass. That would have been the perfect time for him to do it. I would have been mad because it was the street profits. But it's still like, yo, you're fucking Carlito. This is what you do. Get the apple. And so yeah, for him not coming out to the song, I didn't see an apple. Like I was very disappointed. So that was my biggest WTF moment.
2: I don't really have one. I mean, know what? Only I said WTF for just for it because I really thought Seth was about to lose. When Shinsuke, what did he do to him? Then he hit him in the back. Then he did his or what you, how you what you call his finisher? His um, King
0: he
2: King Shasha self through the table.
0: Oh, also, I have. I'm sorry to interrupt. I have a very yeah, close what? second. Where the hell did he get nunchucks from?
2: You know what? You know what's funny? Um, I had to step away for a second to do something, but my TV was still on, and all I heard was nunchucks. So I didn't see that part. <laughs> But when I came back, the dunchucks were
0: gone. <laughs> I'm so- well, they were there and I remember questioning what is this? <laughs> Why where did this come from? Like I know WWE likes to kinda, you know I'm trying to I don't want to word this. Get real close to the line of culturally insensitive. But
2: yeah. well, what the hell?
0: <laughs> it was funny.
2: What if it was I idea?
0: then that's fine, but it was still like... Would never know. Would Y'all kind of... You've been real close this whole time when it come to Shinsuke <laughs> and being a heel. And so that one just kind of felt... It was funny, though, and it was just... It, I just was not expecting nunchucks. I like this heel
2: Shinsuke. <laughs> did you watch around last
0: night? Yes. Oh, I love heel Shinsuke. Please don't, don't get it twisted. You, I find him you? very entertaining. But, like, that... <laughs> the anime opening. And then also, most importantly, when he first turned heel on AJ Styles and Renee Young was trying to talk to him and he was like, Shari, I know speak English. <laughs> like, it's funny, but it's like...
2: It's real close. It's real close. <laughs> hey, all I'm saying
0: is nobody else be worse than Vince back then. <laughs> oh, no. Vince was... Vince was a... Lie, just say that. <laughs> menace. Vince was insane... Well, hey, what's up g nah vince mcmahon is on a whole nother level of no he's not even culturally insensitive i just it, it was just blatantly racist it was insane but then i mean this is also the man who called out god and in his infamous words i beat god in a wrestling match like Vince McMahon is wild, and you know, I'm I'm never gonna be one to speculate on where we go once our time on this earth is over, but...
2: I don't know where he's gonna go.
0: I'll just say, it wouldn't shock me if he had a real warm seat. Because <laughs> the Lord ain't forget that stuff. But That's it was so for funny. our entertainment, and I would be lying if I said I didn't get a kick out of a lot of the insane stuff like, Vince McMahon did, so...
2: Like, I tell folks, I know a lot of folks don't like with uh, all the stuff he didn't done, done which is right you know but yeah, a, lot, a lot of his booking went down over the years it was bad but we, but I, I just say when folks try to forget all the good booking he did like he, he made wrestling what it is today now I'm not saying he should get away with all the stuff he did that's not what I'm trying to say I'm not saying that but Vince like I say like people like us you know older people like he was like our childhood all them characters he made
0: uh well, you know, so he, his imagination, you know. Oh, yeah, no, 100%. But back
2: to it, what was the question to begin with in the first place?
0: Oh, the question was biggest WTF moment. One more thing on Vince, though.
2: No, 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 this isn't bad. No,
0: no, no. I mean, low-key, you could. I can't wait to do, like, a real documentary on him. It's going to be insane. Um, But no. You can't do Until after he died. Cause that's when people really gonna start talking. They ain't gonna say nothing while he's alive. But okay, like on a on a real tip. Take away anything personal with Vince McMahon, purely from a wrestling mind, wrestling standpoint, professional wrestling would not be where it is right now without Vince McMahon. Exactly. 100%. Not even close. Like that, uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, I
2: agree with you. You know, that's why I hate what I do. Because, you know, I watch all the videos and stuff, and people talk bad about Vince, which is right, and stuff he did. If you hear about the stuff he did and all that, you know, I I, I agree with people not liking him anymore. But then, like, I'm going to strictly talk about wrestling in general. Um, All the other stuff, like you said, aside, like, when I hear people talk about him, which his booking did, go back down over the years. I'm not going against that. But some people just talk like his his booking was never great. Like, we never got great storylines from Vince. I remember a lot of minimal storylines from Vince McMahon.
0: Yeah, the devil is a lie. Vince McMahon has had some amazing booking. Maybe not in the last like four, five years, but let's not let's not be let's not lie. Yeah,
2: exactly. Don't lie. Like I, I hate when people try to like I say, he did some stuff. He shouldn't be forgiven for, you know, it should be punished for or whatever, whatever you want to do with it. But like it's just a weird line. It's like people get all the Stuff people didn't done. I wish you like you could just take stuff apart. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying this person should get away with what they have done. That's never what I would say. But at the same time, I don't even want to use the word greatness. Is, but it's like this person did a lot. I guess what I'm trying to say. It's a very tough conversation to have.
0: No, I agree with that in multiple instances. But sometimes, I I, I think it's finding balance. It's like. This is a whole tangent. I believe it's possible to recognize.
2: Sorry, uh, sorry,
0: uh, we're, we're, we always get on this tangents. Is this is fine. <laughs> I think there is a balance of recognizing someone's contributions to whether it be art, music, sports, etc., but also recognizing they're a terrible they're a terrible person. Yes. And it comes down to what you choose to support. Like, a prime example, this has nothing to do with sports, but he's the first person I can think of, R. Kelly. You are not going to find me listening to another R. Kelly song. Or at least not on purpose. And I understand for some people, they can't, look, he may step in the name of love. He's the king of R&B. He's also a pedophile. So I don't really know... I'm sorry, music and being a pedophile, being a pedophile is going to trump everything else, but that's just me. Deshaun Watson, and total and utter creep, predator, freakazoid, whatever you want to call it. I don't care if you are good at throwing a football. That's not going to trump you being a total weirdo. Same could be said for Tyreek Hill, Greg Hardy, multiple other people. In the so in the case of Vince, I can ex I can appreciate what he did for wrestling. And I can admit that he has done some amazing things for the business, and for that I am grateful. But everything outside of wrestling is problematic as hell. You
2: put that in way better words than I ever could. Yeah. And I appreciate you for that. Yeah, most See, 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 see this is why I keep you around. This is not the reason I keep you around. Okay. I yeah, <laughs> I don't like how you said it. I don't like I how you was, worded I didn't that. I the joke to go two seconds. I, I just wanted to go ahead and end the joke or something uh-huh.
0: uh-huh. So okay,
2: you know, you know, it's all love, right? Come on, Ray. You know, it's all love. Ain't no love here. Yeah, it's, it's plenty of love here.
0: Nah, it, it, never mind. Right, I right, like, just
2: open up the door. Open up the door. You'll see the
0: love. You got me outside the door. I don't know. It's a little chilly outside. Um,
2: Why? so let
0: me in. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I mean, nobody told you to be outside my door. I
2: showed up, I showed up.
0: Mm. That's the oh, first back
2: step. Because That's a very important conversation. We're gonna get back to it. Also, just one more side note Shinsuke looked real cool when he attacked Ricochet. That camera work was perfect. That was all cool. I saw was Ricochet. And this, you know, when they pan the camera, Shinsuke was just behind him walking while he was on the ground. Wonderful camera work. Nah, nah, I nah. You want man. You, so you you want to appreciate good camera work.
0: You want you want to talk about like sh- shocking attacks when DIY was talking and minding their business and all of a sudden oh, yeah, Imperial yeah. rolls up. Like, oh my yeah. gosh, where's that, that, that felt felt real.
2: personal. Yes, yeah, like so
0: you can usually kind of gauge when an attack is coming, but that one My question
2: is y'all couldn't see y'all didn't see them.
0: They were the just so enthralled in their conversation with Wade that they just that uh, it what? just
2: it. it Wade that was got out of there. Wade got out
0: of there. <laughs> <laughs> what? Look, I'm gonna be Drew McIntyre. Why am I dealing with anything that ain't my business? I ain't got nothing to do with
2: me. I like this. Well, I like this Drew. But same time, hey, did you see him and program, Rhea talking in the cut? Rhea talking. What you think that was about? I, I have no idea what that could be about. All I'm gonna say no
0: is idea. I'm gonna stay out of grown folks' business. So. What you scared of Rhea? No, I'm not scared of Rhea. I actually love Rhea, but I respect mommy enough to not get in her business. Well,
2: she ain't my mommy. I want to know what they was talking
0: about. Mm, yes, she is. She's not my mommy. I bet you won't say that to her face. Hey,
2: hey. Well, hey, maybe. Hey. Well, let
0: me phrase that. With them little stupid ponytails, pigtails, or whatever you want to call, them, like she had in her head Monday. No, she ain't my mommy then. I don't know what that was. But every other day,
2: yeah. I'm like, I'm like, listen, real. Mm-hmm. You engaged, and you go with Dom. Look, I ain't gonna be your third piece. You hear me? Mm-hmm. I be your side piece. I ain't gonna be your third. That you're dumb.
0: literally saying you're your, the third, then?
2: Nah, nah. See, this, your Nah, brain. nah. You literally just right said hand, you're, you're the hand. third. Listen, listen. It's the right hand and the left hand. I need to be the right. You hear me? Well, I'm asking. I'm so I'm so uh, real. What's your most dominant hand? If she say left, I'm like, well, I need to be your left hand. Oh. So I mean, Dom got to move. Mm. Cause I ain't gonna do your right.
0: What I'm gonna do your right for. Mm. What I'm gonna do that for. Okay. Mm, I'm scared of you. All I'm gonna say is, last night, Wade nah, Bear nah, said, if Real Ripley know, told, saying, saying, no, 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 I'm gonna say last night, Wade Barrett was like, if Real Ripley told me to walk over broken glass, I've got to be honest, <laughs> I would do it. And you know, there's a that's whole that's bunch that's of that. little fanboys out and girls out there who are in the same boat. <laughs>
2: that's facts. Hey, that's of folks really like Real.
0: Man, like is an understatement. Ooh. They are a
2: fiend It's a way. Uh, that's a way. Of saying. But yeah, then, but you know, you know who mines are You know, we're real. Was never. You know, you know. Yeah, cause
0: are. Aisha it's would nice. kick your butt. Yeah. yeah. You
2: know. You
0: know. Nah, 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 I ain't, I ain't going for real. You know, You know
2: what mine's are. Yeah. You know. You know mine. Yeah. I know. I know yeah, all yeah, twelve of them. That's all the only reason I was happy. Bobby them lost. I was happy for my girl. Man. I was happy for. I was so happy. No, we, we actually
0: celebrated after. It was a good celebration. Yeah, Alistair was there. Just him and Al- her and Alistair were celebrating. You was just sitting outside the restaurant like a lost puppy. All right, last wow, oh, but wow, not wow, least,
2: wow, wow. <clears throat> not let's talk our show break. I I, I want to chill with EO. No, I, I want to chill
0: with Oscar after her loss. I want to chill with Oscar. You were. This is this is exactly what I'm talking about. How you gonna say you chill with EO? Then you like, well, I chill with Oscar like.
2: That's messed Cause, up. Because like, I chipped with EO, but I knew Asuka lost, so I, I, I ended the night with Asuka.
0: That's foul. That's oh, foul. Yeah,
2: no, be because nice I'm
0: st- then if I'm Asuka, I'm like, dang, so I'm second best? No, you're not
2: second best. Mm. My, clearly. My clearly. My girl gonna get
0: that win on NXT tonight. Clearly. Clearly so she clearly else showing up on
2: NXT. Clearly so I might show up. I don't even really know. I have to check my mailbox out here. Everybody's showing up on NXT. I mean, clearly I she's...
0: I all, sure I see, all I heard was she's second best because you said no. that. You said that you ended your night with her, but you was with EO first. That's all I heard. All I heard is she's a loser. All right.
2: No, that's what the that's, that's what you she's, said. She's all right. Uh huh. Now you gotta ex- apologize
0: prim. to her for the disrespect. Oh, I'm gonna apologize,
2: <laughs> I'm gonna apologize.
0: All right, watch it. This is a kids' show. Anyway. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> what, hey? Oh,
0: yeah, we should have been canceled. All right. Well, oh, yeah. keep going. Yeah, at keep this going. rate, we already are. Okay, last <laughs> but certainly not least, let's grade Fast Lane. I give it a solid B. It was cool, nothing too crazy, nothing too extravagant, but it was a good show, good time. Solid B for me.
2: What you gotta do to give out an A? That's my question. I've given out an A. I've given now, out
0: A's. What you mean? Listen,
2: this was an A show. It was
0: quick. You a lot. Was this wasn't I no A. SummerSlam at- was an A. I no, gave it an A you didn't, you
2: didn't
0: minus. Yes, I did. I gave it an A minus. I must
2: give it an A plus. Probably. Probably A plus plus. This was an A show. Yeah. It
0: was quick. Yeah, it, it was well, it would grand be grand like grand. you to like things that are quick. Anyway, so. You didn't even
2: let me get my reasons out. Why?
0: That was so easy. Why? Wow, you knew. You just. It was a layup. I had to take you it. You can't even make a layup. The devil.
2: You can't make a layup. You but
0: mean, next, time go 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 next time in Memphis. Next time in Memphis. Next time in Memphis. I'm, I'm, I'm
2: going to give you the basketball. We're going to walk to a court. and going to be like, make a layup. I'm not going to touch you. And I'm going like, to make a layup. Easy money. If that's what you're saying but easy money question. and i'm gonna see if
0: you can throw a spiral continue on with your analysis i cannot first of all
2: i'm mm. not gonna sit here and say well i cannot throw a i can't do that i'm, I'm gonna let you know that right now mm. so don't be coming to to act all shot when you like chris didn't do it i'm telling you now okay i can't do that i've never been able to
0: throw a football. Mm. nope I'm, I'm not like, even gonna finish that statement okay you said this is an a show because it was quick and what else
2: uh, it was quick. Every match was. I I, didn't, I can't look at one match and say it was a bad match. That's fair. You can choose which one was, I guess, quote unquote, the worst. I guess I could say. But every match was good to me. Um, it had a shocker with a Judgment Day loser, That's my shocker. Um, had a surprise. You know, oh, well, that's the same thing. But um, <laughs> you know, it was, I, I felt like it was a good show. I was watching it. By the time it was done, I was like, hey, it's done. You know, this is. I don't feel tired. I feel like it took too long. Real good matches, that's why I give it an A. We got the job done for a, a premium live event, that's what they call it
0: now. I mean, yeah, it was cool. I mean, it just, nothing really wowed me. You
2: need to get the biggest corner, but we, 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 I forgot to tell you the biggest reason why it's an A. Why? Because my girl Raven was there.
0: Oh... That's so sweet. You know what? This is.
2: You go to is a a.
0: That's not true at all. That is not true because last year I went to the Royal Rumbling. Ain't gonna nobody finna sit gonna up here and say that was a. a. We're gonna talk about this. Okay, talk yeah. About this. Yeah. Talk about and that. even a. Extreme Rules that I went to 2021, I don't know if that was A. I think it was cool.
2: But my brother, A's you literally. My A's brother. I'm talking about the Raven here now. I ain't talking about the Raven. You didn't it's say, say that at first
0: on my brother.
2: I know. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm saying it now. Okay. Stop talking about this past Raven. I want to focus on this great Raven that's here in front of me right now on this podcast. It was an A because that great Raven was at the show. That's why it was an A.
0: That's real. But now I gotta ask you. So, you saying the old Raven wasn't great?
2: no she was great but this one is even better I mean, no matter how great you are you can always get better okay. every version of Kobe was great just about and he got better and better okay you can't, so come on you can be great
0: and still get better okay hey good answer good answer good answer I was just wondering yeah. but yeah that I get fun fact I gave that extreme rules a B too
2: okay.
0: Okay. and there's nothing wrong with a B ladies and gentlemen obviously an A is better but believe me there have been way worse shows than Fastlane and speaking of ending the shows this is no it has <laughs> been it absolutely has been worse premium live events than Fastlane let's not huh. look cause the last pay-per-view what was the last pay-per-view? Uh,
2: sorry, oh, well, what was the last pay-per-view
0: whatever it was it was worse than this and it was not good matter of fact I have my phone right in front. No, the
2: one, yeah the last pay-per-view was
0: payback payback was mid I got a C plus
2: yeah,
0: I, I'd say this one was better than
2: Payback. 100%. 1,000%. I think the best match on Payback was... Well, no, they had the South versus Shansky,
0: which was good. I think the, the best, best match Trish was
2: Becky and, versus, and Trish. That was good, Becky and Trish. Then they had the Justin Day versus Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, which was good.
0: It's not that they were bad. It's just, again, I need that wow factor.
2: No, yeah, I get what you're coming from. I can't think of what else is on that show. Because mm. it's and, for,
0: forgettable. Yeah, it was uh, Miz and LA Knight, and that was uh, not a good match.
2: Night, uh, sure Rhea gone. and uh, Raquel Rodriguez. And they had
0: a better match on that Monday.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah so yeah, I get you. I get yeah. where you're coming from. All right.
0: But yes, that is the end of our show. Thank you guys so much for listening. As always, please be sure check out the export.net, our for exclusive sports content. Read my yours, truly fellow Export writers. Previous episodes of our lovely podcast and our YouTube channel entitled The X Report Embryo. Again, it is always a pleasure, a blessing. Whenever you can grace my cell phone, grace this podcast with your presence. Thank you for being here. You are the best PP in you. the world to me. Thank you. You're welcome. Anything you like
2: to say before we get up out of here? uh One, I got my goatee. I never told you. um Wow. So, uh, and you ain't sent me, me, me no Undertaker. pictures. Do you think the Undertaker about to be on uh, NXT tonight? That he is. Just I, I, that I thought it was, team was team like kind NXT of confirmed,
0: right? low key. Like
2: that's just wild.
0: Yeah, they got yeah, everybody. They, it's a
2: family reunion at NXT at this point. I told you, I checked my mailbox. I thought I was invited. Like, everybody else was invited. I checked. Probably. I didn't get nothing. Th- I, th- I think they probably lost out in the mail, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You. no, but You, nah, but, uh, you but just note, everybody good. just be safe out here. I always send out love. There's more good in the world
0: than bad. Oh, how nice of you. I'll say something nice. Protect your mental your mental health is just as if not more important than your physical health. Make sure you're taking care of yourself, taking care of those around you. Just it's okay not to be okay. I hope I don't get sued for saying that cuz apparently that's trademark. But um yes, thank you guys. Yeah, right? Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for your support of this podcast. Please be sure to continue to support me with the Colts. Even if you're not a Colts fan, whatever you can read or whatever you, you know, is appreciated. Thank you so much. Um, Ethan, he's not on this part, but I know – you know what? Actually, I'm not going to say that, you know, because Baltimore plays the Titans, so we're going to say go Baltimore. Um, and then <laughs> go, Tigers, go, go for Memphis. Go, Grizz.
2: Go, Ethan, go Saints. I got you, Saints. Saints. We did to, have to get up the like that, you know, but
0: we to show y'all what it was. Who do the uh, Saints play this
2: weekend?
0: Uh, I'm not sure. I'm, yeah, because I, I, I actually do not remember, because we are recording this before – The main part of the show, just heads up. So that's why I don't know who Saints are playing. But as I look at my site, you guys play Houston. That'll be fun. Um, That'll be fun. Yep. And then y'all going to be in Indianapolis two weeks from now? Oh.
2: Yeah, two weeks from now. I might travel with the team, you know, so I can
0: come to, you know what I mean? Yeah, you's going to go to New Orleans to fly up to Indianapolis.
2: Yeah, you know, just you know, I got to see the team. I ain't been down there since Drew retired. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I mean drew, drew retired. We
0: we gotta take a trip to New Orleans, like in real life.
2: I'm... I mean, yeah. I, I, look, every, my cousin's trying to get me down there for forever. Yeah, uh, he has some kids. He wants to come down there and see him. So I mean, it's been on my bucket list. But you know, this thing called income is just really, really. Oh.
0: Ooh, I felt that on a very spiritual level. You ain't even got to finish that sentence.
2: <laughs> but um, again, thank you guys
0: so much for listening, and we will see you all next time.